Welcome to Nothing to Hide, the Moore Giles podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Calfee. Moore Giles is one of America's oldest leather companies. We were founded during the heart of the Great Depression here in Lynchburg, Virginia in 1933. And almost 100 years later, our leadership is still in pursuit of one thing, the world's finest leather. Perhaps we've even touched your life. Maybe it was in a hotel lobby or your home, or perhaps this morning when you went to get a cup of coffee, you found your favorite leather chair in the corner, you settled in. Well, that leather is probably more in Giles too. Our goal was simply just to share some stories within this podcast, to take you on a journey, to let you experience what we experience. We'll teach you how leather's made and give you insight to some of the subtle nuances of the material. Did you know it's one of man's oldest materials? We're also going to take you to meet some of our favorite people in the world, designers and creative influencers, and people that are connected to Moore and Giles through one thing, leather. We hope you'll join us on the Moore and Giles podcast, Nothing to Hide. Sackett, a few months ago, you really told me a story of how Moore and Giles came to be, but it wasn't just about Moore and Giles. It was much deeper than that. Would you recap that for me again? Yeah, this is sort of my intro to our sales meeting a couple years ago. And, you know, I often think of the simple twists of fate that happened a long time ago that affect our lives today. And so my story was about a runaway tobacco. It was about war. It was about a shoe, and it was about the Depression. Sounds like a really good novel. (laughs) So I can tell sort of our story if I just think about those words. You know, the runaway was a man named Charles Lynch uh, from Galway, Ireland, who decided to run away. He hopped on a ship, and I have no idea why he wanted to run away. He had second thoughts as the boat went out of the harbor and jumped overboard, wanted to go home, and the captain said, sorry, son, you've made this decision, and they fished him out. Anyway, he landed in Virginia. He resided in Albemarle County and married a tobacco farmer's daughter named Sarah. They acquired a tract of land south of Charlottesville and then moved down here, and their son, John Lynch, started a ferry business that took people across the James River and became very profitable for him, and he applied to the Virginia legislature to create the town of Lynchburg. And so you just wonder, had he not run away, whether Lynchburg would be here. The second word is tobacco. Uh, tobacco was an integral crop in Lynchburg in the 1800s and all the way into the early 1900s. There were 15 tobacco inspection warehouses around here, and then the tobacco factories grew up around that. And it was mostly pipe tobacco, cigars, and then chewing tobacco, plug tobacco. And there's a gentleman named Maurice Moore who developed a process where he took the scraps of the plug chewing tobacco and he pulverized it into a fine grain and became a very popular pipe tobacco that he called Killikinick. And Mm. he had a huge tobacco company. His problem is he didn't patent the process of the pulverization of the tobacco, and it became this generic process that other people did. And although I think he did very well, I dare say he would have done a lot better had he patented that process. And maybe we wouldn't be here having this conversation today because Maurice Moore was the great-great-grandfather of Don Giles, who was... My mentor and the president of Warren Giles through 2007 joined the company in 1966. And then the next is war. War is a word, uh, we're in Lynchburg, that is intact because Mm. of a Civil War battle. Lynchburg was a huge supply depot for the Confederate Army, taking things to and from Richmond. It could go north to Charlottesville and uh, west to Bristol and then east to Richmond and and to the sea. And we're right here on the waterway, right? Yeah, we're right on the James River, which was the central distribution channel named after King James of England. And so 
Abraham Lincoln believed that if he, uh, the war was coming a war of attrition, he believed that if he could take Lynchburg and then go to Richmond, he could end the war. Yeah. And General Dave Hunter of the Union Army was sent down through the Shenandoah Valley, and he stopped off for some reason in Lexington and burned Virginia Military Institute and also ravaged Washington College at the time. It gave the troops in Lynchburg time mm. to get here to defend it, even though they were grossly outnumbered. By the time Hunter got here, we had inner defenses set up and our defenses set up, but we were still outnumbered. And so they created the illusion of these troops coming into Lynchburg throughout the night with bands playing. Wait, back up on that. How did they do that? Well, they knew they had, to, by their wits, create the idea that there was going to be a major presence. Wow. So essentially Lynchburg. there's these troops that just stay on a train. They go in and out through the night doing the same thing, and it worked wow. uh, because General Hunter got to the bluff of Lynchburg, uh -huh. and he was prepared to destroy it. And because of this, he retreated back into the Shenandoah Valley and back to West Virginia and was chased out of there. And even though certainly Lynchburg and, and Virginia as a state were on the wrong side of history, it was a blessing that had it been destroyed, I think Lynchburg would look a lot different than yeah. it does today. Yeah, especially the so tobacco all, warehouses that we talk about downtown. They're all intact. Yeah. They're all living spaces. Yeah, you know, they, they've been saved, and you just wonder what it would have looked like. So war is something that I think of about how it's affected us. And then shoe, yeah. Lynchburg, after the war, became very, very successful. They had industry all around. Still tobacco was still flourishing. But two gentlemen named Mr. Craddock and Mr. Terry started the Craddock Terry Shoe Corporation. It was a very famous company. They had 14 factories around Lynchburg and very good to the city, good employer. But a gentleman by the name of Don Moore who his father lost his job when he was in high school, came back and had to take a job at the shoe factory. Wow. He was a pattern maker in the factory in downtown Lynchburg, which is now a boutique hotel called yeah. Craddock Terry Hotel. I encourage everyone to stay when they come here. And during, like a lot of people in 1932, he was 50 years old and found himself laid wow. off during the Depression and uh, had to pick himself up like a lot of Americans did at the time and find his way. And he created the Donald Moore Sales Company, which was a finder of footwear materials to sell to shoe factories up and down the East Coast. And so we sold glue and nails and thread and laces and anything that went into a shoe and leather being the common. So depression is the other word that wow. when I tell our story, it was a company Moore Giles was born out of the depression. And I think had this idea that you have to persevere, you have to adapt, you have mm. to evolve. And I think that's been a great theme for the company as it moves forward into the future. I think it's a company that's always embraced change yeah. and looked at it as an opportunity and not a problem. Well, I think what's interesting about all of those words is that none of them are necessarily easy words. Like even the word tobacco requires so much effort to grow and cultivate. Well, they're sort of negative words if you look at runaway and war and depression. Yeah. Those are sometimes where you figure out who you are and what you have to do. Man, that's so good. True story. Thanks, Zach. All right, bye.